It's time for the Chicago Blackhawks postgame show on the Blackhawks radio network. Here's Joe Brand. A difficult night for Blackhawks fans. A difficult night for the Blackhawks. Just one of those games where you almost feel like asking everybody, hey, something on your mind? Well, if you would like to join us and have some Patrick Kane separation anxiety, this is the Blackhawks postgame show taking you up to 11.30 tonight here on 720 WGM. But before we get to you, the caller or the texter, let's head on over to the Mullet Arena and bring in Troy Murray, who was on the call with John Weideman for this one as the Hawks fall to Arizona 4-1. to The road trip, Troy, goes at an even 500 of 2-2. Two and two. But uh, as you had mentioned, just... A difficult day to kind of keep your focus, maintain it. So much going on, not even just with Patrick Kane. And this one was uh, kind of a recipe for an uphill battle for the Hawks tonight. It was, but I thought, you know, they they gave it a good shot in here. Give credit to to the Coyotes. They played a a really good game start to finish. Their goaltender was sharp in this game. They were ready for the Hawks. And I think that they knew that this was a tough game, and I think if they're the, the coach of the Coyotes, you say, hey, listen, these guys have gone through a lot here. They're at the tail end of a long road trip. There's a lot that has happened. This team has had some major changes here in the last 48 hours, and, uh, you know, let, let's let's get on them early, and I think that's kind of what the mentality was, and they kept the pressure on. Hawks really didn't have that opportunity to change the momentum in this game. There was a, a, a large amount of fans here at Mullet Arena waiting for the excitement for the Hawks to score a goal. Unfortunately, it didn't come until the, the latter part of the third period. Not enough for, for the Hawks tonight. Well, it was a nice goal by Andreas Athanasiu and a nice setup by Isaac Phillips, too. And his setup of that goal kind of reminded us of the first time he picked up a point. I mean, doing the right thing of uh, just just good puck awareness and, and just uh, the instinct to keep the puck alive. But uh, you really hope that this can be a turning point for Andreas Athanasiu, whether or not he's moved. I mean, you would like to see him get factored in offensively a little bit more as the season goes on. Well, he, you know, he's he's a he's a guy with a lot of speed, and he's going to bring that to the table. And we kind of touched on it uh, the other night about what I like to see more. I think he's only got eight assists on the season. I like to see him use his speed to his advantage to set up more plays in the offensive zone. But uh, you know, he's got some good skill, and he's got that speed. And uh, you just saw it on on display there. Quick feet, separation, get in on the goaltender and put it five hole. And again, another play by you mentioned Isaac Phillip good job to recognize what the play was there stay up on the blue line coyotes were all heading out he stopped the play killed it headed it back in the other direction and they got the goal because of it four shots on goal for max domi it'll also be interesting to see how his season is affected moving forward i mean he was finding that chemistry with patrick kane but he's he's been the most consistent player for the hawks all year long one of the things that Patrick Kane had talked about is, is how quickly he developed a friendship with Max Domi. And, and even Max Domi, boy, I tell you what, you know, every place you go, he's got a lot of respect. And, and he was talking to the security guards and the people here uh, around the Coyotes. And you could just tell that, that they loved him. He's got such a great, upbeat attitude. He works hard. He was having a major battle in this game with Liam O'Brien. Um, from start to finish and those two guys are both feisty type of players and I I thought that maybe at some point those two guys would get engaged and get a scrap but they didn't and you know it's tough for Max Domi I think that he really appreciated his relationship with with uh, Patrick Kane and and uh, I think that that was a a big motivation for him 
the way that he has played this season was to to you know find a way to have that chemistry with Patrick Kane. So I know that it was really tough on him. He's one of those guys that cares a lot about his teammates, and for him to to see some of his teammates leave, and this is just the nature of the beast in in professional sports around the trade deadline. That you know you knew something might be happening, and it did happen, and you have to move on. But it's not easy to forget the the friendships and the people inside the locker room. So. You know, it'll be a quiet trip home tomorrow, I'm sure, and they'll have a chance to reflect on what happened. But there's still a few more days, so there could be some major adjustments again moving forward before that trade deadline on Friday. Oh, and really quickly, speaking of the nature of the beast, Jared Tenorti might be the most selfless guy in hockey. I mean, he sits out, has to deal with some injuries, he comes back into a game, and he just is ready to drop the gloves immediately to defend one of his teammates. I mean, this guy is, is tough, but has a big heart, too. Yeah, he's the he's the type of guy that you know you love inside the locker room, and he's a, he's a quiet guy. He doesn't he doesn't say a whole lot, but you know the way that he plays really speaks volumes. He doesn't have to say much because you know that he's out there and he's going to have your back. That's one thing that Richardson has really liked about Tenorti this year. It's that physical presence on the blue line, and he's shown it. And any time that he's been needed to answer the bell, he's answered the bell. Great scrap in in this one with uh, McBain and and. You know, you, you, you got to tip your hat to him. This guy's gone through a lot. He hasn't played a lot of games here since, you know, the middle of or late uh, December when he uh, was hurt with that uh, shot to the cheekbone. He's got some metal in his in his thing there and still doesn't deter him from dropping the mitts and getting in the fight to protect his teammates. I know you get one more visit to the Mullet Arena, but it, was it everything you dreamt it'd be? Uh, you know, it was it was a cool experience. Um you know, great energy in the building. I would have loved to see the Blackhawks, you know, be involved in the scoring in this one because it would really get uh, loud and really get exciting. And, you know, for the Blackhawk fans coming here hoping for a victory from their from their team, at least some goals, you know, just didn't have that opportunity to, to generate the energy for the for the Hawks. But uh, I, I love the arena. The uh, broadcast position is the best, best in the league by far. And, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to coming back here at the end of the month. Yeah, just a couple of weeks, so it'll still be spring training. Plenty of time for Blackhawks fans to hang around down there. I had a chance to meet Ron Coomer. Did you really? Yep, yep. One of the nicest guys in the world, right? Yeah, what a what a great guy. <laughs> I really enjoyed the conversation. Had some friends here that uh, Jeff Bukowicz was was here, by the way, and that's who I met Ron Coomer with and had a great conversation on the concourse here. And, and uh, you know, he, he's excited about, you know, his team. So yeah, a lot of good things happening today and... Uh, uh, I really enjoyed the experience. You know, they call him the Troy Murray of baseball radio. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they do. <laughs> and it's a high compliment. Troy, thanks so much. Really appreciate being on the air with you today. A monumental day in the Blackhawks organization. A weird day, but um, one that had to be done. And, and just appreciate the insight and uh, the companionship here tonight. Absolutely, Joe, anytime. And, uh, you know, it was a good conversation with Kyle Davidson, got uh, his perspective of what has happened here. I, we know it's not been easy on him, but with the support of the entire organization, you have to make some tough decisions. And moving forward, um, you know, you, you, you have to you have to look at the future and how do you build the future and what's the best for a guy that uh, has done so much for, as I said, for the city, for the, the Blackhawk fans, for the organization, Patrick Kane is never going to be forgotten. His legacy is going to be there. Uh, at some point, there will be a banner hanging up at the United Center to honor um, the legacy of, of Patrick Kane. But a, a tough day for everybody. And um, 
you know, not an easy job for, for Kyle Davidson. So we certainly appreciate him coming on and, and talking to us and kind of going through the process of what was uh, happening with the trade uh, that sent Patrick Kane to the New York Rangers. Here, here. Well said, pal. We'll talk to you uh, in a couple of days. All right. Good job, Joe. All right. Likewise. That is Troy Murray. He and John Weideman out in Arizona with the call tonight as the Hawks fall to the Coyotes 4-1. to one. They wrap up the road trip 2-2, two and two, a road trip that got off to a fantastic start as the Blackhawks rolled their winning streak into uh, Dallas, Texas. Had a comeback victory there. Good win against the San Jose Sharks. And then after we saw the winning streak come to an end last night, obviously things just changing for multiple aspects, and the biggest one being Patrick Kane being traded to the New York Rangers. As Troy was kind of dissecting uh, what the Blackhawks received from the New York Rangers in this trade, we will get into that tonight on the postgame show. We've also got Blackhawks Live, which is very well-timed, tomorrow night at 7 o'clock. It will be a shorter show, but uh, we will have plenty to get to. And uh, we'll definitely use that time to completely honor Patrick Kane as much as we can. But we're going to do that tonight, too, because it's the time and the setting to do that. If you would like to join us, 312-981-7200. If you'd like to talk about tonight's game, if you'd like to just talk about your favorite Patrick Kane memory, and uh, if you'd like to talk about how you think this Blackhawks team is going to move forward, we can do that, too. Plenty to get to. Post-game show rolls on until 1130 tonight. Hawks fall to the Coyotes 4-1. to You're listening to the Blackhawks postgame show, 720 WGN. Tonight we're going to talk about Patrick Kane and the Chicago Blackhawks 4-1 to loss to the Arizona Coyotes. This is the Blackhawks postgame show taking you up to 11.30 tonight. I'm Joe Brand. Hawks fall to the Coyotes 4-1. to Our uh, three-star selection is sponsored by CarStar. Trust CarStar, North America's leading premier collision repair provider with your collision repair needs. Visit CarStar.com to find a Chicagoland location near you. This one was pretty much all Arizona Coyotes. They had a 3-0 lead by the second period. They made it 4-0 by the third period, and the Hawks getting their lone goal from Andreas Athanasiu towards the end of the contest. Your three stars are Travis Boyd at number three, Nick Schmaltz, the former Blackhawk, the number two star. He scored his... Uh, rather scored a goal in his fourth consecutive game tonight, and then Jack McBain, the number one star in tonight's contest. Connor Murphy, a former Arizona Coyote, chatted with the media. Let's hear from the Blackhawks defenseman. It's kind of a tough game. Yeah, yeah, we didn't play very well tonight. That's yeah, that's all it is. What's your reaction to the Kane trade today? Yeah, it's hard. It's been a tough couple days. Touched on a little bit intermission. Um, it's been. It's just been hard. We won't, we won't lie about it affecting a little bit emotionally and psychologically a little bit for guys. This time of year is always tough, and uh, seeing core guys has been so big for the organization like Hayner, and then yesterday for Laughing Caber and JJ before that. Um, they were just such great guys, and I mean, they, they all had great seasons with us, and uh, we're such an impactful such impactful people for our room and for uh, organization that, uh, that we'll miss them and, and uh, we'll, we'll try to regroup here and with the new group of guys we have. We talked a little bit tonight about uh, making sure that we build back up together and uh, um, all we have is each other to, to make sure that we're we're uh, working toward uh, becoming a better team. For, for someone that you've been here the longest among the guys on the team right now, other than Taves, obviously, but what's what I guess what came your relationship mean, or what I guess obviously you had a pretty good sense of what he meant to the organization. Yeah, yeah, just I don't know. It's kind of hard to put into words. A guy like him, him and Taser, what they mean to the city and organization. You see, kind of how. <laughs> 
they brightened up a lot of people's lives in the city for so many years and being around them uh, whether it's out to dinner or uh or even just walking around the city, the amount of people that'll walk up and just thank them for being them. <laughs> I think that speaks a little bit to the impact that they have on people and uh, in the city and what they've done for our team. Um, and just uh, them as leaders, uh, how many different guys we've had come in every year and um, the way I've seen Kaner take in line mates and make them look better and play better and, and bring the team up to speed when we're lacking. Um, it speaks to their, their character, their leadership and their level of play. You mentioned that it's kind of affected you guys emotionally a little bit. For, for you personally, what how has it affected you? Yeah, it's hard just because you get to know guys and a, your team becomes your family with them so much throughout the year. And when it's very abrupt, like, uh, I mean, we're having breakfast, about to go to morning skate in Anaheim, and guys uh, just stand up and start saying bye. It's, it's hard. And just, I think, how abrupt and knowing, knowing this deadline was coming and knowing um, that we're obviously guys were going to be traded uh it still isn't easy when it actually happens the rumors you kind of hope that there's a chance it won't um and uh you, you know it's a business but you can't help but um get tied up and build relationships with teammates you mentioned building back together obviously a couple of days still before the deadline but how do you guys as a group collectively start to do that what, what does that take yeah we don't have many practices but we have a lot of time on the road and uh, a lot of travel a lot of time at the rink so it just takes getting to know each other again and and uh i think the, the positive having a lot of guys um, here, everyone needs to prove themselves. I think we all um, want to prove that we want to be a part of this organization going forward and um, a lot of guys trying to, to gel and, and get new line combinations and, and deep pairings going and uh, and just build that chemistry and, and uh, team culture together and I think everyone's hungry to, to be a part of it and, and just, we just need to build that excitement and chemistry. Are you curious to see Panarin and Kane back together? Yeah, they'll be fun to watch. Yeah, it's uh, That's the one thing um, the one positive for guys is get to see them go play in big moments and I think it is a big uh, reward for the game of hockey to see a guy like Kaner in the, in the playoffs and on a, on a really good team like New York. What do you think of this arena? It was it was pretty cool. They did a good job. I feel like it's it's different setting. It feels feels different with the lighting and the, the size obviously but um, the ice quality is pretty good and they did a good job with the dressing room and I feel like their staff uh, did a good job making the most of what their circumstances here. Again, there are a whole bunch of positive things to comment of this organization moving forward. The uh, building blocks that the Hawks have for their rebuild as of right now, the trade, uh, rather the draft picks that the Hawks have acquired in this trade, whole bunch of positive things to look forward to. But when one of the top players of the organization, of the franchise, is no longer on that team, we're going to devote the majority of the time focusing on that and so is Connor Murphy and so are the media members that were asking Connor Murphy questions because it is very significant I mean this team definitely had an uphill battle to climb by taking on Arizona with all these things going on and losing Patrick Kane and yes it had been expected and speculated for the past coming days and even to the point where there was so much speculation of exactly when it was officially going to go down, but it still hits kind of hard at home, right? And even though I do think this is the right move for all parties involved, the Blackhawks, Patrick Kane, and the New York Rangers, and even though it is time to turn the page and move towards the rebuild, it's still significant that all the success that Patrick Kane had such a big role in in winning those three Stanley Cups during that Blackhawks dynasty, that's over with. So 
That's why we're spending the amount of time we are talking about Patrick Kane. Again, this postgame show rolls until 11.30. But let's go back to tonight's game again and hear from one of the Blackhawks forwards, one of the guys that had been getting some chemistry with Patrick Kane this year on Philip Kurashev. You obviously knew that the Kane trade could happen, but for it to happen, what was, what was your reaction? Yeah, uh, obviously, you, I mean, we knew it was going to happen, but still, like, um, when you see it, actually, it's true. It's uh, you know, it's pretty crazy. He never, I never thought that he would play for a different team, but it, it is. That's how it went, and uh, I wish him good luck. And uh, yeah. How, how are you feeling? Uh, yeah, not not too great, but uh, you gotta play through it. Doesn't matter how you feel. You, when you're on the ice, you gotta do your best that you can, and uh, I tried my best. Was was it kind of a tough game for the team? Yeah, definitely. I think our execution just wasn't there. I think we didn't really play with a, a lot of emotion, and we, uh, I think our compete wasn't there as well. Uh, so I think we have a lot of things to learn from and uh, take to the next game. What do you take from the game? Obviously, you, you kind of you came up young, and you know he's always playing out there with two puck playing with you guys, and it seemed like you had a lot of influence on the young guys. What, what did you learn from him? From Kane? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, so much. He's uh, obviously a great player and a great uh, person to, to learn from on and off the ice. He was always great to all the guys and uh, to all the, all our young guys. And I think I learned a lot from him, and uh, it was great playing with him. And uh, I really appreciate the time I had with him. What kind of impact do you think he'll have on the Rangers? Oh, I think... Uh, Kane is one of the best players in the world, so I think he's going to have a big impact, and we'll see how it goes. Uh, I don't know. You, you think he won it out because you guys still got a two-pot? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. Uh, I think he just, uh, I guess he wanted uh, you know, to, to go for the cup again. Uh, here We didn't have the chance this year, but um, yeah, I wish him well, and uh, we'll see what happens. Thank you. Thank you. Again, if you'd like to join us, 312-981-7200. You can call or you could text. We got a text from the 847 area code. I don't see any positives. I'm done for the rest of the rest of the year. Slot minutes for the rest of the year. Uh, well, first off, 847, thanks for tuning in to the postgame show here at 11 o'clock at night if you're done for the year. Uh, Philip Kurashev's actually a guy that I would keep my eye on for the rest of this season to see how he can improve and see what type of turn he takes offensively. We've definitely seen some flashes in the pan of his offensive ability. Now, again, I think part of that is based on the chemistry that he had been developing with Max Domi and Patrick Kane. So far, Max Domi is still on this Blackhawks roster. I know right from the get-go when the Hawks acquired Domi, he was instantly thought of as trade bait. But for the time being, he's still on with the Hawks. So I am interested to see how Philip Kurashev finishes out this year. Same thing with Andreas Athanasiu, but again, like the Domi situation, he could possibly be trade bait. But there are pieces on this Blackhawks current roster that are worth taking a look at in terms of how are they going to progress? How are they going to improve? What type of role are they going to absorb? Kurashev's one of them. Isaac Phillips is definitely a guy that's expected to be in the long term for this Blackhawks team defensively. You hope that Ian Mitchell can be that too. I know he has taken some strides, but I know Blackhawks are maybe hoping for some bigger and more strides from Ian Mitchell. Uh, Tyler Johnson, I I would love to see how much better he can be with consistency. He's he's already shown how great he can be on this Hawks team when he gets 
consecutive games under his belt. He's hit so many speed bumps over the past couple of years, so I'd really like to see him just finish out this year and really play up to his potential like he has when he has been able to play for this Hawks team. Um, And then, you know, going back to the trade with the Tampa Bay Lightning last year for Brandon Hagel, Taylor Radish, Boris Kachuk, what are these pieces looking like moving forward for the Hawks as well? We've got more texts. We've got more calls. Again, if you'd like to join us, 312-981-7200. We'll also hear from the Blackhawks head coach, Luke Richardson, when we come back. And we're going to hear from Kyle Davidson. Troy Murray and I got to have a chat with him during the first intermission. Again, if you'd like to join us, 312-981-7200. Hawks fall to the Coyotes 4-1. This is the Blackhawks Post Game Show, 720 WGN. Our player with the most heart is sponsored by Northwestern Medicine with teams that take on the toughest cases at over 200 locations. We're going to go ahead and give it to David Gust in his third NHL game tonight. Troy Murray was very impressed and pleased by Gust's uh, direction towards the puck offensively. Remember, he scored his first NHL goal on his first NHL shot in his first NHL game on Saturday against the San Jose Sharks. He's actually going to be our guest for Blackhawks Live tomorrow night. Again, that begins at 7 o'clock. Real good conversation. Good Southside kid from Orland Park. But just a, a really cool story as he nearly uh, hung up the skates heading into this year, saw an opportunity with his hometown organization, went for it, and then ends up cracking an NHL roster. We're talking about Patrick Kane. We're talking about this Blackhawks loss to the Arizona Coyotes, but mainly talking about 88. If you'd like to join us, 312-981-7200. We've got Dominic in St. Charles who thinks that this trade best suits Patrick Kane. Why do you think that, Dominic? Um, I'd have to say, honestly, it gives Patrick Kane a good opportunity to potentially build another dynasty with another team the absolute compliment of playing with Artemi Panarin again. I mean, it was just absolutely electrifying watching them two play. Um, the only other time that you saw that kind of electricity with another player with Patrick Kane was when he played with Alex DeBrinkett. I think statistically speaking, it just... Oh boy, did we lose Dominic? Sounded like it. What a dramatic ending to Dominic's thought. Uh, Dominic, if you're still listening, thank you for the call. Appreciate you chiming in. Don't be a stranger. Yes, I agree. Um, I, I'm, I was curious, though. My question to Dominic was going to be when he uh, was okay coming to terms with the idea of Patrick Kane going to the New York Rangers. And yes, I agree. I, I do think that this made the most sense for all three parties involved. The Hawks, the Rangers, and Patrick Kane. You gain some sort of asset. And I know some people are underwhelmed by what the Blackhawks received. And even Kyle Davidson kind of expressed that same sentiment. But I'll say this, Kyle Davidson doesn't need to apologize for what he got for Patrick Kane. This was Patrick Kane's decision to leave. If Patrick Kane didn't want to leave, he didn't have to leave. And with the whole way this transpired, it basically seemed like the only place he was willing to go to were the New York Rangers. So once that's in the cards and that's out there, the New York Rangers don't have to give up much. And honestly, there's a chance the Blackhawks get a first-round pick after this. So, yeah, sure, perfect world. When when all this Patrick Kane straight, uh, trade speculation started at the beginning of the year, of course everyone's thinking first-round pick. But now Kyle Davidson's got three second-round picks for this upcoming draft, two in the first round, not to mention six in the next three first rounds. So... Draft capital, definitely at a premium spot for the Hawks right now. Now it's just a matter of rooting for Patrick Kane. 
and the New York Rangers and seeing if they can make it to the Eastern Conference Final and uh, push that second-round pick up to a first-round pick. It would be the following year, but still very helpful for the Hawks. Um, from the 319 area code, now that Kaner has decided it's the elephant in the room, any insight or thoughts on Jonathan Taves retiring at the end of the season? Honestly, I think the the clarity of Jonathan Taves sitting out for the moment to try and get healthy is also the clarity that we're not going to know what's going to happen to Jonathan Taves after this year until we know what happens to him this year. And I don't think he knows what is going to happen to him this year. He's putting his health first and foremost. We hope that we can see him in a Blackhawks uniform one more time this year. I do think that that will happen. But as of right now, he's just making sure that He's doing what's best for Jonathan Taves. Can we uh, go back to Dominic right now? As uh, Dominic, we lost you. It was very dramatic losing you on the call. But <laughs> yeah, my... I'm, I'm very sorry about that. <laughs> That's okay. Hey, my question for you was: When were you okay? When did you agree to terms that Patrick Kane is going to be leaving the Blackhawks? When you were okay with that sentiment? I, I think I was sort of okay with it before it happened. Um, I knew there was a lot of speculation surrounding the trade when they acquired uh, Vladimir Tarasenko. Um, I know there was a lot of question whether or not Patrick Kane's hip would hold up, and that was the dramatics that all came out of it. But I think there was something still playing in the works behind the scenes that we didn't get a chance to see, nor I do I think we'll ever get to see. But I think that you, you putting Patrick Kane in between... Oh, man, it's a rough night for Dominic. Uh, Dominic, again, thank you for the call. Sorry about that. Don't worry, pal, but uh, we'll talk to you next post-game show. Definitely know your stuff. We appreciate you uh, sharing your insight. We do have to hear from the head coach, Luke Richardson, anyway. Let's hear from him. What was uh, your thoughts on the game? Um, You know what? At times, I thought we had some pressure uh, going. I didn't think we had much legs going in the first, but uh, the second period, I thought we had some really good looks. Sometimes we just were just a little off tonight. We didn't get the shot off, or we we didn't capitalize on our chances. And, uh, you know, the the third one kind of, you know, took a little bit of life out of us. But the guys, like I said, all year long, they. Uh, pushed um, in the third period. They, you know, they were trying. We tried to create some more chances. It just it seemed like we were one beat off tonight. Like, a, you know, not to use a tired as an excuse, but uh, the guys just looked tired a little bit tonight. Murphy was saying that the trades have kind of emotionally weighed guys down too. Yeah, it is, but that's professionalism. I think when they get in the game, they're not really thinking about it. Uh, you know, I think it's in between the games. You know, they're they, you know reading the papers and watching the news. And, um, you know, I mean, it's uh, good close friends, but uh, that's professional sports life. And uh, I think when they get in the game, they're they're revved up and they battle pretty hard. So I don't think that comes to effect in the game. But you know, when you are physically tired, uh, you know, mentally it could be a, a little bit of a distraction. But uh, you know what? We're we're moving forward. Uh, you know, I'm not sure if we're done yet. But uh, you know, tonight I just said to the guys after the game, it's uh, new guys are here. It's a good time on the road just to get together. Uh, after the game, and uh, you know, just you know, we don't the NHL. It's uh, no place for losing, but um, you know, we we're in a position right now where we have a lot of new players here, and uh, we need to almost 
not start over, but uh, you know, create some uh, new bonds here and relationships and some chemistry that we can move forward with. Is, is there anything you learned about Kane as, as a coach that you maybe didn't know about? You know, coming into the season, not much. You know, I, I think uh, just from afar, you know, he looked like he was just all about his business, quiet guy. Uh, you know, high end talent, and that's what he was this year. Uh, he just went about his business. Uh, you know, he's a quiet leader, uh, and he leads by his play on the ice and. You know, at this point of his career, he stands up and says things, and and when he does, he doesn't say it much. I think it was uh, well uh, listened to and attuned to by the team. So uh, we'll definitely miss that. But uh, you know, it's time for other guys that are been in the league for a little while and their opportunity to become uh, leaders on this team and take over. And uh, you know, we'll never be one player come in and and do what Patrick Kane can do whether it be on the ice skill wise or uh you know just leadership wise and and his presence in the room I think we got to do it by the committee like I've said a few times and and definitely the I think this team has that ability to do that that's Luke Richardson after the Blackhawks fall to the uh rather Arizona Coyotes four to one and if we look ahead the Blackhawks have a couple of home games coming up. They host the Dallas Stars on Thursday. That is the final game before the trade deadline. And remember, there was a lot of speculation of that game if uh, that was going to be the final game for Patrick Kane at the United Center and possibly going to a different team. Remember, there was those rumors of Dallas Stars being interested in Patrick Kane. But the point that Troy Murray brought up, and and I feel like we did a good job of bringing this up when it happened but Patrick Kane's literal last second at the United Center on the ice in overtime, he nearly won the game for the Hawks by trying to shoot a buzzer beater against the Vegas Golden Knights. The Hawks ended up winning in a shootout, but it was the perfect send-off for Patrick Kane, at least in my eyes. Hat-trick against the Toronto Maple Leafs on Sunday. He had a two-goal night against the Ottawa Senators the night before that. Another two goals against the Dallas Stars on Wednesday. I mean... Again, I, I, I really wonder, because we're never going to know the full story. We know that Patrick Kane wanted to go to the New York Rangers, and then Vladimir Tarasenko did. And then Patrick Kane expressed, oh man, that kind of stinks. That's one place I would have liked to go to. I really wonder how much of his decision was affected after the surge that he had in those last four games with the Hawks. And just lighten things up, doing vintage Patrick Kane things. And again, the extra roar at the United Center, energizing him, the awareness of time winding down in overtime that he needs to load up for a slap shot right here in order to even have a chance to win this game for the Hawks. I mean, again, that's that's why Blackhawks fans fell in love with Patrick Kane because of what he was able to do when it mattered most in the playoffs. That's why his nickname is Showtime. Again, I didn't even realize until today... I mean, I remember all the circumstances, but I didn't realize there was only one playoff series, and I mean this by going up the ladder of playoff series in the NHL playoffs. Only the first round did Patrick Kane not have a game-winning goal in the series-deciding game. In the second round, he had the overtime game-winner against the Minnesota Wild in 2014. He clinched the Western Conference Final for the Hawks in 2013 when he beat Jonathan Quick and the L.A. Kings. And of course, everyone remembers the Stanley Cup Final of 2010 when he hides it in the net. I mean, that right there, three overtime, game-winning, series-clinching goals, that's hard to do. That That's hard to write up. And that's why a lot of people think 
and a lot of people will be confident in the statement that he is the best Blackhawk ever and the best American born hockey player as well. We've got more to get to. We want to revisit the conversation we had with Kyle Davidson earlier on in the broadcast, and a lot of out-of-towns to get to as well, but we'd like to hear from you as well. 312-981-7200 if you'd like to join us. Hawks fall to the Coyotes 4-1. You're listening to the Blackhawks Post Game Show, 720 WGN. Still got a good 10 minutes or so of the Blackhawks postgame show as we recap a 4-1 loss to the Arizona Coyotes. Earlier today, Patrick Kane traded to the New York Rangers. He is no longer a Chicago Blackhawk after 16 seasons. He was drafted first overall and uh, unanimous selection, too, for the Blackhawks back in 2007. A little eerie when you saw the replay of Dale Talon, the GM of the Blackhawks at the time, go up to the podium during that draft and say that this is the first ever first overall pick for the Blackhawks to pick up number one. Um, That is something the Blackhawks are going for this year. Again, there is still values in losses. That's what happens when you're in a rebuild. Um, Speaking of the rebuild and speaking of the loss to the Arizona Coyotes now, we take a look at the standings. And where the Blackhawks and the Coyotes stand now, because the Hawks were two points behind Arizona in terms of the overall standings. Well, they're now four, 47 points on the year for the Blackhawks. That's tied for 30th with the Anaheim Ducks and the Columbus Blue Jackets, the only team with less points than both the Hawks and the Ducks. They have 46 Blackhawks general manager Kyle Davidson was kind enough to join us on the radio broadcast during the first intermission. He popped up in the booth with John and Troy, got a chance to ask him a few questions with Mr. Murray. Let's hear from the Blackhawks GM. Patrick Kane being traded to the New York Rangers, and with that news, we're going to send it right on out to the Mullet Arena and bring in the Blackhawks general manager Kyle Davidson. Kyle, first off, thank you very much for the time today. How have these last 24 hours been for you? Yeah, it's been uh, it's been pretty busy, pretty emotional, but um, you know what? We're happy we came to a resolution, and happy we uh, we were able to to get Patrick to the Rangers. And I know he's he's uh, excited to go and play at a Madison Square Garden for the Rangers, and but also you know very bittersweet with him him leaving the Blackhawks. We've got Kyle, Troy Murray. That, yeah, go ahead, Troy. Yeah, sorry, Kyle. I, I know that you had an opportunity to make the call to, to talk to Patrick. How tough was that, and how receptive was was Kane to the news? Basically, he knew it was coming, but at that instant, uh, what was it like? Yeah, no, it was uh, it was a pretty emotional uh, conversation, right? He uh, he knew it was coming. I knew it was coming, but the uh, the finality of it and the the you know somewhat the you know that end of the road and the end of this journey uh you know it was it was a big moment and and you know i think we could both feel it and um yeah truly an, an end of an era but uh you know really excited for him to to go to new york and, and have a chance to go on a good run for the cup kyle is there a sense of some relief right now i mean it seems like it was the right move for all parties involved but now it is officially over with is there a chance to relieve a, a, a sigh right now well you know there, there's still work to do and still some uh you know, uh, you know things to things to take care of and, and, and evaluate as we head to the deadline. But um, you know what? It, it's I don't think it's truly sunk in yet. It, it, it's such a big moment and such a, a monumental shift for the the organization that uh, I think it'll take some time for for this one to, to truly sink in. 
the trade process, if I understand this correctly, actually was Patrick Kane being traded here to the Arizona Coyotes and then the Coyotes turning around and trading him to the New York Rangers. Is that how it, it, it went down? Yeah, that's correct. So in order for the Rangers to afford Patrick, we needed to use a third-party broker. And so we traded Patrick to the Coyotes, who then retained more money and traded him to um, the Rangers. And then in turn, the Rangers traded us the draft picks that we had worked out for, for Patrick. Now, now, real quickly, Joe, I don't mean to interrupt you here, but but um, like, so who instigates, who instigates the, the broker side of it? Is that the Rangers or you, or is that a collective? That's all That's all on the, the Rangers okay. to do what they need to do to afford the player. Kyle, what kind of a learning experience has these past couple of years been? Because you, you've been involved with so many unique trades with Marc-Andre Fleury, Patrick Kane, and, and even in some sense with Jack Johnson. I mean, I, I don't know how many things you have to play this off of from your past experience coming up through the ranks to getting this job of GM? Yeah, I know. This is, this is absolutely learning on the job. I don't <laughs> think you can really um, you know, gain the experience necessary to go through some of these conversations, some of these situations without tr- just living them. Um, you know, you can, you can watch from uh, the sidelines, and, and I have to, done that to some extent, but there's, there's no substitute for on-the-job training and, and, and education, and, and I've certainly gotten that over the last year and a bit. It's, uh, you know, we've, we've crossed a lot of unique bridges, and I think this one being the most unique with, with Patrick, I don't, I'm not sure I'll ever see something like this again. This was a trade of, 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 of huge magnitude. And it wasn't only you. This was an organizational um, decision to move forward and move on. Um, the commitment from the Blackhawks organization, from Danny Ward, from Jamie Falk, and from Rocky, how important was that in knowing that they were backing what you have as a long-term plan? Absolutely. It's, you know, I, I don't believe I'd be able to do uh, my job properly without that commitment and without that uh, support. And, and they've been unbelievable in providing me that um, and in this process, they were essential in, in, you know, in making sure that we all were on the same page in doing right by Patrick, and and you know having him, having his wish granted to go to the Rangers is, is something that um, you know was from right to the very top, all the way down to uh, to make sure we're doing right by a, by a player that's that's so special to the organization on his way out. Again, we'll play more of this and have more of a Patrick Kane conversation tomorrow night for Blackhawks Live, which begins at 7 o'clock. For now, let's take a look around the NHL. whole bunch of games to get to, and we start in Ottawa. Harkin's a Michigan lifer, grew up there. And Collins hockey there now, takes short-handed. He comes Austin Watson. Watson in, scores! Austin Watson, short-handed goal. Ottawa leads 2-1. It ended up being the second six-goal night for the Senators over the Detroit Red Wings. That's Gordon Miller of TSN as the Senators pick up their 30th win of the season. Former Blackhawks Dominic Kubelik and Alex Dabrinkit each scoring in that game. Let's go to the battle in Florida. Panthers keep it in. Josh Mahur at the line. Backhand far side. Cousins behind the net. Lomberg. Lomberg over to the far side. Cousins in the circle. Backs up to the corner. Out to the right point. Long shot. Mahur tipped in front. They score! That one took a deflection out in front of the net. Looks like it went off the stick of Eric Stahl. And the Panthers have a 1-0 lead with 13.41 to go here in the first. 
Doug Plagans of WQAM of Florida Panthers Radio. Good night for the Florida Panthers as they stop the Tampa Bay Lightning's home point streak at 16 games. Also spoil Tanner Janot's Tampa Bay debut. Florida picking up their 30th win of the season. Let's go, go to Buffalo. 44 seconds left. Sabres dump it in. Opozo takes a huge hit over the far corner from Andrew Peake. Puck through the neutral zone. Racing for it. Eric Robinson shoots it to the net. And he finishes with the hat trick. Eric Robinson scoring with 35 seconds left in regulation time. And a tip of the cap to you, Mr. Robinson. The Blue Jackets are now leading 5-3. to three. Where did you go, Bob McElligot? WBNS of 97-1, the fan. Blue Jackets with a 5-3 winner over the Buffalo Sabres. And yes, Robinson's first career hat trick goal. Let's go to the peg. Sean Dersey. Certainly okay here. Here's Kopitara. Slap shot. He scores! Number four for Kopitar tonight. Alec Faust of the LA Kings television broadcast. A 6-5 shootout winner for the Kings as I'd say Kopitar had four goals in that game on just seven shots. Four points for Josh Morrissey as well for Winnipeg. Let's go to Minnesota. He's been the closer so many times. Looking to give Minnesota the lead. He goes wide on the forehand. And he scores! The magic continues for Freddie Goodrow! Anthony LaPanta of Valley Sports. The Minnesota Wild with a 2-1 shootout victory over the New York Islanders. Wild now have a point streak of seven consecutive games, despite Ilya Sorokin with 30 saves in that contest for the Islanders. Elsewhere tonight in the NHL, Seattle got two goals from Morgan Geeky to end their three-game skid, but they handed St. Louis its sixth straight loss with a 5-3 winner for the Seattle Kraken. Pittsburgh Penguins got a late tiebreaker from Jason Zucker and then eventually a 3-1 victory over the Nashville Predators. Pittsburgh improves to 30-21-9. and and uh, that does it for your out of towns. The Blackhawks' next game will be against the Dallas Stars at the United Center on Thursday. 7.30 puck drop, 7 o'clock FanDuel Sportsbook pregame show right here on 720 WGN. Blackhawks hockey has been sponsored by Sitco. Adventure awaits. Fuel up first with Sitco. Budweiser, ComEd for Business, ComEd Powering Business, Powering Lives. United Airlines and Plumbers 911 Chicago. Visit plumbers911.com for emergency plumbing service. Big thanks to our production crew of Jack Heinrich and Michael De Linares. Another big thanks to our engineering crew of Dan Long and the tireless Krista Flores. John Weidman and Troy Murray had the call out in Arizona. 4-1 loss for the Hawks to the Coyotes. I'm Joe Brand. David Jennings has your news next. After that, it's Raleigh James. Thanks for listening to Blackhawks Hockey on 720 WGN.